1: Your baby's first cold can be a concerning time. She seems so congested. Do those nose bulbs really help? Should you be concerned about the boogers and snot in her nose affecting her breathing? When should you call the doctor? I'm Dr. Tara Zanfleet, board-certified pediatrician, and you're listening to Newbies.
2: He's gorgeous. Um, it's a girl.
3: Surprise! The whole family's here. So when are you having the next one? It's just poop. Ready for another? Wow, you look really tired. Ready to go back to work? Yellow poop. Seriously? Did you sterilize this? Sex now? You've got to be joking. You should sleep when the baby sleeps. He doesn't look anything like you. I thought you already had your baby. I did. Babies don't come with instructions, so there's newbies, helping new moms and new babies through the first year. Welcome to Newbies, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Newbies is your online, on-the-go support group guiding new mothers through their baby's first year. I'm your host, Kristen Stratton. I'm also a certified birth doula, postpartum doula, and owner of in-due season doula services. Are you a member of the Newbies Club? Join through our monthly memberships and get lots of extra content, transcripts from our show, and more. Sunny's here to tell us about other ways you can participate
2: in our new show. Alright, so we love to hear from our listeners and there's some great segments that you guys can be part of. Um, we're always looking for apps. We do apps review, app reviews, <laughs> app reviews on our show and uh, we would like to know what you guys are using because, you know, we have apps here for all of our shows at New Mommy Media and a lot of our moms listen on the go and so we are an, an app obsessed culture, I feel like um, and some of those apps can be good. Some are just time wasters, but some of them are good. So we're here to separate the good ones from maybe the not so good ones. So if there's ones that you use that you Really like, send us an email. Let me know what it is, and perhaps we can chat about it a little bit um, on the show. And we're also looking for moms to submit uh, for a segment called uh, Baby Oops, and it's where we share the funny stories that we experience as new moms um, with little kids, either funny things that our kids have done, our babies have done, or maybe it's something silly we did. Um, and it's just fun to just have a little laugh about this because we're all learning and it's all, you know, a learning and growing experience for everybody. So if you want to submit for either of those, um again on our website you can uh Send us an email. So the website is newmommymedia.com. And then also through the website, um, there's an, a new option if you want to actually use your voice and and kind of send us a, a voicemail, but it's through um, the computer. So you click this little banner on the side. If you go to newmommymedia.com, it says send voicemail. It's a little gray banner on the side. And um, it will use the um, the speakers and the microphone in your computer. And you can record it that way and send it to us. And we'll play it on a future episode.
3: Great. Let's meet our panelists. Shayla?
4: I'm Shayla. I am 25 years old. I am a lube technician at a mill. I have a son named Damien. He is five months old, and uh, he's the cutest baby ever. (laughs) (laughs) That's
3: awesome. And Ruthie?
0: I'm Ruthie Slatom. I am 28. And I own two businesses. I paint pregnant bellies. I am also a clinical lactation specialist and a postpartum doula. I encapsulate placentas. I do pretty much everything postpartum. And then I have three children. I have a five-year-old boy, two-and-a-half-year-old girl. And Piper here is six months.
2: Yes, we have a baby in the studio. Yeah, and she's so good. She's looking at all my computer stuff going, what is all (laughs) of that over
3: there? She's so cute.
2: Okay, so we have a news headline here that we want to chat about and it's about food allergies and um, they're thinking that they might be able to kind of predict what kind of allergies your child may have in life when they're a newborn and it's through the blood. So basically, um, there are a bunch of researchers and this happened in Australia and they studied more than 1,000 newborns. It says they took blood from the children's umbilical cords and profiled the immune cells and molecules floating within and the children were then Tested for food allergies a year later. And it says, based on these tests, the team was able to pinpoint a type of immune cell called a monocyte. I'm looking at Dr. Z going, Am I saying all this stuff right? And it says, um, those numbers were higher in the cord blood of kids who went on to develop food allergies. Does that make sense? it can. It can? It can. Very interesting.
1: Yeah, so there are a lot there are a lot of different types of uh, white blood cells. You know, eosinophils are the ones that make you swell up with hives if you get, you know, antibiotics that you become allergic to. Monocytes are interesting. It's a different kind of white blood cell not very well known ah. at what exactly it does, although we do know that when you get mono, it's, it's called wine. mono because yeah. monocytes are way high and they look weird. Okay. So it's interesting. I wonder if the baby have the high monocytes because they're primed to become allergic. We call them atopic children. They're sort of prone to get asthma and and allergies and things. And maybe that, because they have high monocytes, they then develop that? Or is it that those kids who are born like that for whatever genetic reasons, family reasons, whatever, have monocytes and that's just like a sign? I don't know.
2: That's right, interesting. Right. It does say here, immune systems are so complex, a variety of factors can influence everything. So obviously, this is one thing that they're looking at, though. Now, do we have any parents here that have kids with allergies? That's really... Yeah, I yeah. do. Oh, and you do too, Dr. Z? I do. My so, daughter has a
1: bad walnut and, and tree nut allergy. Absolutely. So
2: would it have been helpful for you to have information like this when... I mean, it, the other option is what? that they, they just break out or something they happens? They just break and,
1: out. And yeah. you end up going to the ER or something. Yeah. yeah,
2: which can be terrifying, right? But then so you far. don't
1: know specifically which food it's going to be. Yeah, that's You just true. know that they're going to develop something or they could. So then right. it might have changed maybe how we introduced foods right? maybe earlier, maybe a little more aggressively so that she could kind of, I don't know, yeah, not be so protected against things. Sure. And then, Whoa,
2: what's that? Yeah, exactly. Know
1: to
0: keep Benadryl on hand or something. Well, exactly. Have an right.
1: EpiPen maybe in advance. I don't know um
0: it, it's good to prepare always well and then there's different levels of allergies of oh, yes. like there's anaphylactic but then like my son has gluten he right. uh, he just gets really really mean and uncomfortable it's not going right. he's not going to stop breathing exactly and then we we often will call that a reaction
1: right and then the allergy we kind of reserve for the hives and anaphylaxis but i think they're all versions of and it may be that some of these immune cells these white cells or maybe even the antibody type like IgE is more like the hives and emergency anaphylaxis, but IgG is more that subtle behavioral stuff, stomach pains, funky joint pains. So it weird could poop. be poop, weird poop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh, don't give them that again. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, we have th- a baby poop episode. Oh, yeah, we do. <laughs> we do. We do. Kristen, any thoughts on this? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I mean, it certainly would be useful information. Like you said, you don't know exactly how the allergy is going to manifest. So, you know, predicting what the trigger would be, how severe the reaction is going to be. That's kind of information that we still don't have. But um, I've also... Recently, read an article that there was research done about peanut allergies and introducing peanut butter. I don't know what the the method was that they introduced it, but at an earlier age because now they're you know they were saying oh wait till they're like two or three, mm-hmm. um, but they're saying the early introduction actually
1: lessened the. In fact, and this is the one bad thing about the internet. Nothing dying on it. Yeah, the American Academy of Pediatrics about two years ago, suggested introducing peanuts and nuts in like little peanut oil in what you fry or whatever, or, uh, you know, let them suck a little peanut butter off your finger as early as four or five months old. Wow. Because they found that if you la- waited till two or three years old, they had a higher rate of, of allergy still. And it right. does look like earlier introduction improves, you know, decreases your rate of, of nut allergy. So, Fascinating. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is.
2: All right. Well, we'll go ahead and we'll put a link to this on our Facebook page. so You guys can check it out. And the article, I didn't say this, but it was written on Smithsonian.com. So, I oh, mean, it's a reputable source. So, check it out.
0: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with
1: Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news...
3: Today on Newbies, we're discussing your baby's snot, boogers, and colds during the first year of life. Our expert today is Dr. Tara Zanvleet, who is board certified in three separate specialties, pediatrics, internal medicine, and integrative holistic medicine. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Z, and welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Good to be here.
3: Dr. Z, parents are often concerned the first time their infant catches a cold. What are some of the general symptoms of the common cold, and what should a parent expect to see in their infant?
1: So they can get a cold as early as a couple weeks old and it's almost always in the nose or like we we say above above the neck a head cold. So you're going to see your probably runny nose first. It's going to be clear. Uh they might be a little congested. They'll be a little fussier. They might want to nurse a lot but not really drink a whole lot when they were nursing. They might have. They actually sneeze a lot, although newborns sneeze all the time. So you know that alone is not the symptom, but they do sneeze more. They might have a little cough, and you know I'll call it a fever, but it'll be low grade, like a hundred. You know, if you decided to check as the cold progresses, they get yellower snot. So yellow is not usually bad. It gets thicker, yellowier. The cough progresses generally, uh, and they can't eat well. The more congested they get, so because. Babies are obligate nose breathers, so they have to breathe through their nose. They don't breathe through their mouth unless something happens and they cry. So if they can't breathe through their nose, they get very upset. They feel like they're suffocating. They open their mouth to cry, and lo and behold, they can breathe. Um, So they're not going to suffocate, but they don't know that, and it's very upsetting to them. So usually eating is the biggest problem because they have to use their mouth to eat, and so they have no way to breathe.
3: And how long does a cold usually last?
1: So it's a lot longer than you think. The average is 10 days. So the shortest cold is going to be seven or eight days. And they actually say by the time the last symptom is completely gone, you're talking three weeks. So usually the first week is runny nose, cough, sneeze. Scratchy throat kind of thing. Although, how's the baby going to say my throat's scratchy? Um, <laughs> uh, second week is going to be thick and congested. So, you're going to have thick snot. They can't, it, it's all swollen. So, they can't get anything through their nose. You know, that's kind of the that second week is where that happens, it starts to improve by the end of that. And if they have a cough starting, that's where it starts to ramp up and get bad. The third week is sort of the denouement. So I don't, don't speak French, but it's, <laughs> so I'm sure I butchered that. <laughs> say, oh, yeah, no. Um, but it's where everything's getting better. And most of the time, you even forget they had a cold, except for the fact that you still are using tissues.
3: Mm-hmm. When should a parent consider contacting their child's doctor?
1: So the warning signs, right? The awful warning signs. The big one for me is when a child under two months old, so real infant, newborn, under two months old, Any temperature over 100, you go right in, talk to the doc immediately. If they can't see you within 24 hours, you are into the ER. That's my big one. Once they're older, you should at least contact the doctor. You might not have to go in immediately, but at least contact in some way if their fevers are, you know, 102 or over, because generally colds will not do a 102 fever. There's something else going on generally. If they, when they're nursing, they just can't nurse because they are so congested, or even worse, if their lips turn a little purpley blue when they're breathing, you're trying to nurse and breathe at the same time. If the cough gets real wet and phlegmy, and I'm not talking about the <laughs> up in the nose and the and the mouth, I'm talking down deep, right? Down deep. Not like this? Can you hear?
3: <laughs> Thank you, Piper, for demonstrating. Ta- oh, exactly. Make sure this. Exactly,
1: this like- right? <laughs> Piper's got a nice little, little, uh, raspy thing going on up in the in her nose and in her, in her throat. It's not mm-hmm. in her lung, though. So don't worry about that. But the, if it's down in the lung, you know, um, if they are fast breathing. If their nose is flaring, their little nostrils are flaring, if you – when they breathe, you can see all their ribs. It kind of sucks in under their rib or in their – I'm trying to think of the name right, you know, at the bottom of their neck um, or in between their ribs. If they are not peeing and their diapers are too dry, uh, if they won't stop crying, if they've got ear pain or they seem to be in pain, um, they're not consolable. I mean you try and console them and and they will not – console, if they're wheezing, um, and if anything turns green. Green is not necessarily bacterial, but green is not a normal good color. So green is when you start going, hmm, or any blood or brown in it,
0: too.
3: Panelists, do you remember the first time your baby was sick as an infant?
0: My first kid, it was terrifying. You just don't know what to do, and they can't breathe. and Yeah, it was scary. You just... You don't know what to do. It's like you figure, "Oh, if it's an older kid, I I could figure out how to do it." But like none of the over-the-counter stuff no. is for brand new babies. It's all for older babies. So, how do you help your own kid and you don't want to be like that overly panicking new mom and so there's like, you know, it's like what do you do? So, it was it was tricky that that first kid. And then like the third one, I mean, she's had a cold for the three-week cold that's been going on and it's like, "Well, She's not purple, and she's she's eating fine, so I don't know I guess we we'll just we just don't have play dates for a couple of weeks, so you
4: just kinda you figure it out, so
3: what about you, Shayla? uh
4: yeah, he actually got his first cold at three months or shortly after, and uh it freaked me out because. As soon as he started being sick, I was worried because at two weeks old, he got a UTI,
2: so oh. any fever
4: freaked me out. <laughs> and uh, so I called the doctor, and they're like, you have a well visit in just like two days. Wait until then because he's per- he sounds perfectly fine. And so then and I took him in for his well visit, and the doctor said it was just uh, cold. <laughs> and it was fun. <laughs>
3: I actually have a funny story. So my oldest, when we got discharged from the hospital, they sent us home with paperwork that said to call our pediatrician if the temperature dipped below 98 into the 97s or if it was over 100. And of course, the neurotic first-time mom that I was, I just took her temperature and it was like 97.4. So I called at 3 a.m. to the Naval Hospital because my husband's in the military. We were at the, the Naval Hospital. Um, was our nearest, you know, option for medical care. And they called the poor pediatrician on call woke her up in the middle of the night, and the first thing she asked me when she calls me, she goes, "Is this your first baby?" <laughs> yes. And I, you know, I'm of course like holding back tears cuz I'm so terrified. She's like, the baby's fine. Just put <laughs> a blanket on her, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I didn't think about that. Um, but actually, she was pretty healthy. My second child was born in the winter during cold and flu season, and he got a cold around like six weeks old, and I of course was very concerned. So I called my brother, who is a a nurse, and you know he's like, yeah, that's what happens when you have a baby in the winter. <laughs> He'll be fine. Um, so yeah, this definitely definitely run the gamut of. You know, anxiety, and now now that I have three, I'm like, yeah, whatever, he's fine.
1: <laughs> I to doctors too because you know I'm a pediatrician, yeah. right? I was one before I had kids, and then I have my first, and the first cold she gets, you know, I slept with her, and I'm like watching her breathe. Is she gonna go? And I know all the horrible things that can happen, right. so I'm like watching for all of Sometimes them. Sometimes
3: you know too I much. Could,
1: yeah, yeah, I could not get to sleep. I thought something for sure was going to happen.
3: You know. <laughs> Well, that that's comforting to hear.
0: <laughs> one of the coolest things about if you're breastfeeding, um, if you have a baby who their temperature is too low or their temperature is too high, is stick them between your breasts because breast tissue is the only human, yeah, breasts.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: She's all excited. <laughs> yeah. This is the best ever.
0: <laughs> um, it can help, uh, it helps them regulate their temperature. Yep. And that's one of the people don't realize, oh, if they're cold you know, hold them against me. But if they're too hot, I can't hold them because I'll make them even warmer. But yep. stick them between, between the lovely mammaries and and it'll help them yeah, cool down. We
2: just had that, actually. What was it? It was less than a week ago, maybe three or four days ago. So uh, I'm still breastfeeding my twins and they're like 26 months or something like that. And uh, one of my twins was really sick. She had, you know, just really high temperature. And when, you know, when your babies, you know, have high temperatures they want to be near you you know you, they want you know mommy to hold them and, and she said nurse nurse because you know we're, we don't have fun names we just say nurse <laughs> I don't have fun names for my boobs um, so anyway she she did that my mom said no that's like the worst thing for it because she was thinking milk would be uh, bad like we right. think a cow's milk and stuff and yeah. if, you know if you have a cold or whatever I'm like mom do you know how many antibodies are in my breast milk like I can't think of a better thing to do for my child right now so I agree with with ruthie like that's you know something that people don't realize and you know but it's so good for the yeah. babies skin skin is best. Amazing. yeah yeah mm-hmm.
0: well and your body knows they're you're getting sick before you do yeah and you know you're kissing on your baby you're taking in bio biosampling? is the term i yeah. guess yeah. and so yeah. your body is generating antibodies for your sick baby before you even know your baby's that's sick so
3: amazing it's so cool oh, yeah it is yeah i love that well, Dr. Z, are there any remedies for colds that you recommend or even that you discourage from uh, parents using?
1: There are actually. Um, so, in terms of what don't do, I'll start with that because they're smaller numbers. We actually recently, probably, I don't know, five or six years ago, took most of the cold remedies for kids off market for under two years old. And the reason is Sudafed and all these things, it, even the antihistamines, they'll raise the kids' heart rate, makes them it just, it's not dangerous, but it's not real healthy. They did have a couple of deaths. And, you know, a cold's not fatal, but the medicine could be. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we said that's it. So often the doctor will give you something, but they're very neurotic about the dosing and stuff if it's really severe. Um, So that's your big one. The other big one I will say is everyone knows the best thing for a cough is tea with lemon and honey. I'm sorry, but it is the best ever. It it trumps for adults and for older kids, anything out there, right? Under one year old, you do not give them honey. Mm -hmm. Do not do it. And I will tell you right now, many of the homeopathic cough syrups and things have honey in them. And when I was in training um, and it was, you know, years and years and years ago, uh, <laughs> many many months ago, uh, <laughs> we had a child in the intensive care unit on life support because of botulism from a homeopathic cough syrup with Aww. based on honey. And you know, back then we didn't really have a whole lot of warning signs all over our our medicines. But you know, botulism they can survive as long as they're getting good medical care. The child was up and going again a month later. But it was scary as heck. And the parents just like were kicking themselves. How do you know? They didn't, you know. But so I'm telling you right now, no honey. No honey for your baby. Okay. Other than that, there are a lot of good things you can do. And in fact, all the natural remedies are better than anything that's on the market anyway. So the first thing is, and I always kind of divide it up into remove obstruction and then make them feel better, right? So we remove obstruction if they cannot breathe through their nose, because that's going to be what bugs them the most. Yes, booger removal. Um, if you can get it with your fingernail, go for it. Um, <laughs> go digging. <laughs> Those nostrils are really small. They're though, teeny. In the they're teeny. Use my pinky. <laughs> I'm too, I have, I have mothers who leave their pinky just a little longer, their fingernail, <laughs> just, just so for that. But anyway, um, <laughs> you know, don't poke them though. Um, so that's where the bulb syringes come in or the Frida. They, it works. I will tell you, dry burgers don't come out that way. <laughs> they do not. So this is why we bring up number two, which is the salt water drops, right? So use the saline drop to wet the booger down and suspend it in a solution that you can then suck right out. <laughs>
2: It really is what it sounds like. It totally is. It totally sounds like that. Totally
1: that. that. And one thing I always (laughs) say to new mothers don't push down on the bulb once it's in the nose, or you're going to blow some air up their nose, and they're really going to hate you. Um, (laughs) Squeeze it first, then stick it in the nose, then (laughs) suck it out. If you use the Frida, don't suck too hard because (laughs) you will be tasting it. um, (laughs) That's that's the The bad part about the Frida, which is just basically one long tube where you put it in the nose and you suck it out with your mouth. So, you know. Um, Okay. So number – after removing boogers, um, the next best one is breast milk in the nose. Drop or two really? each side. It is fabulous. <gasps> yeah. it I is haven't fab- heard of this Think I either. totally did that. Oh, it's it excellent. Works.
3: Well, how did you get it out? Did you just like manage squeeze, bul- squeeze Oh, uh, see, I used a bulb syringe because I apparently don't have that good aim with my, with my nipples. Uh, it's ridiculous.
0: I got a visual on
1: that
3: one.
0: I express some <laughs> into a, a medicine cup, personally, oh, okay. and then I can yeah. whatever whatever Shrimp I'm trying to like get a
3: miniature neti pot because mm-hmm. right.
0: well, yeah. you use it for even if you're yeah. using it for pink eye it's yeah. like trying it for pink 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 eye pink eye. myself yeah right well because you're oh, trying yeah. to get it in the baby's eye and the baby's like why aren't you nursing me yeah. like yeah. The, yeah. so That's true. That's true. and I don't know about you but it's <laughs> breast milk doesn't just go in one direction nope. it kind of goes, yeah. <laughs> goes everywhere <laughs> yeah. so I that was what yeah. I kind of found worked That's for me was to express it into a little cup or something and then I can
3: yeah I did that but then I used this the bulb. Right. Yeah. To slowly drip it in there, <laughs> not like hydraulic, you know, <laughs> blasting <laughs> up the nose. Just, just little drips, just a little bit, using yeah. gravity. Yeah, no,
0: yeah. yeah. I've used a medicine dropper for the ears. Yeah, it works kind of beautifully. It's got all those antibodies
1: in it, mm-hmm. so it's better than any medicine out there. I'm telling okay. you. Um, another thing that uh, works great is if they've got a really bad uh, cough. Wet, 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 wet is what I like to say. (laughs) So make them wet, humidifiers, uh, breathing in steam of some sort. With an infant, you cannot get them to breathe steam out of a, you know, where you put the boiling water in a bowl because they will splash their hands in the bowl. It's guaranteed. In a shower, you know, in the shower room, you close the bathroom, you turn on the hot shower, you sit with them outside the shower so you don't burn them and, you know, just kind of let them breathe it in. But the herb time. T-H-Y-M-E, whether it's rub time out of your kitchen, dry time, fresh time, or time. Oil, essentials, doesn't matter. You put that in that heat, and they breathe it in. It's an antiviral. It's an antibacterial. And it opens the lungs, just like albuterol does for asthmatics. It's beautiful for that. Wow. Rest Good to know. Like crazy. And the last little thing is, if they absolutely cannot move any air through their nose, and they have to eat, there's a an over-the-counter prescription medicine. It's a decongestant, just like the nasal spray decongestants adults have, but in a baby dose. It's called Little Noses, and it's neosinephrine. You cannot use it much. One drop each nostril, about 10 minutes before you want to nurse. They can then breathe while they nurse, because nursing's more important than the small side effect that you could get. You just can't use it for more than a couple of days here and there.
3: When we come back, we will continue our discussion about those pesky boogers and snot. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. We're talking with Dr. Tara Zanvleet about how to help your infant during their first cold. Dr. Z, what is the general rule for infants over two months in regards to fevers?
1: Okay, so fevers help you. You know, the temperature raises for a reason, it burns out and kills the virus or bacteria that you have. So you don't necessarily, the fever is not dangerous. And I always tell people, you know, if you're worried about brain damage from fever, it doesn't even start to happen until 107 degrees. So don't worry about a 104. It's just that. At that point, they're just miserable. So you want to strike the balance between letting the fever ride but letting your child be comfortable enough that they can eat and sleep because that's also going to help them. So a lot of times I'll say if you, if your kiddo gets a fever, 101, 102, give them a test dose of either Tylenol or Motrin. I'm usually under six months of Tylenol, over six months it could be either. And see what happens. If you give them a test dose and they perk up, they're kind of themselves. They just look a little little cranky. You know it's nothing major serious. You can let the fever ride. And there's no particular number at which you have to use Tylenol or Motrin. Most kids, once they hit 103, 104, are going to be so miserable, it's going to be worth it.
0: What does test dose mean? So like one dose,
1: weight appropriate. So a full dose, but just one dose. Okay. And say, what happens? okay, look, they're playing, they're hitting their brothers again. Great. and (laughs) Wonderful. I don't have to use this every four hours. I can let it ride. And a lot of people use it at night so they can help them sleep.
3: Panelists, what have been your experiences with fevers? We'll start with Shayla.
4: Well, he did have a low-grade fever when he had his cold, and uh, I only gave him some Tylenol at night to help him sleep because he just wasn't sleeping. And so I used the bulb and I gave him Tylenol at night. Yeah, it was great.
0: (laughs) Um, For me with fevers, I typically don't really address it until it gets 102. Um, I'll do, and maybe this is not the right thing to do, but I'll do a half dose of Tylenol before bed because I don't want it to spike in the night when I'm not on it. Right. And we do the tepid bath uh, is our big thing where, you know, you start with it a little warmer and then you let it cool. My poor first baby, I thought a tepid bath meant sticking them in cold water to start with. And it's no, you start with a warm bath and you let them be in there long enough to cool down. So that was one of those. It's like, oh, this tepid bath, I know what to do. Don't but feel I bad, did it. Ruthie, I did
3: the same thing. I didn't do yeah. it I'm right. Poor, <laughs> my poor firstborn. I'm so sorry. I'm
0: sure they're fine. Yeah, he lived. He's, he's hearty. Um, and yeah, and so just kind of until it got high, I wouldn't really just make sure they have a lot of uh, chicken broth because water doesn't seem to stay down when they're sick. Yeah, <laughs> that's
2: yeah. true. I love the bath idea. That was one of the first things um, my mom told me to do Like when my first baby was sick. She was like, yeah, if you need to bring it down right away, get them into some sort of tepid bath, you know, and then um, just kind of let them splash around, play with their toy. And it kind of gets their mind off of mm-hmm. it, too, if they're not feeling well. So that's always my go-to. If I, in, in fact, um, what was it? My three-year-old recently, I've never seen this before, but had 106 temperature. Yeah. And we went oh, to wow. urgent care. Yeah, uh-huh. I've never seen 106. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like... Oh my goodness! I have to go. Yeah. Um. And it turned out to be fine. He's yeah. totally fine. But um. Yeah. So, but that, at first, first thing I did, take him to the bath. You know, make him feel as comfortable as possible.
0: And we add Epsom salts now too, which helps with mm. if they're dehydrated, yeah. and it and it just makes them soft. So,
2: <laughs> pro.
3: <laughs> Doctor Z, sometimes we hear that children should stay home from daycare or playdates if they have a runny nose. When is it safe to be around friends or return to childcare when the baby still has snot running down?
1: <laughs> In this country or other countries? Um, <laughs> In
3: this
0: country. <laughs> In this
1: country, we're pretty notorious about letting our kids just run around with snotty noses. And, you know, I have to say I'm, I'm on kind of the fence, and most doctors are. When they have the runny nose, usually the first week of the cold, before it turns sort of thick yellow, it's contagious. But what are they going to give to the other kids? A cold. Well, you know, in some ways, that's how we build our immunity. We've got to get these colds at some point. So, you know, a lot of people are like, yeah, just bring them to daycare. Everybody's going to get the same cold. And it just builds their immunity at some point. And, you know, it's okay. I usually say if they have a fever, keep them home. I call that a 100 um, I think officially AAP and most MDs will say 100.4. I would like round numbers. 100 works <laughs> for me. Um, so if they've got to temp 100, 24 hours of no fever and then they can go back. Um, once their snot is kind of thick in general, they're not that contagious anymore. It's moved on. The, it gets thick and yellow because the white blood cells are in it, fighting it. So all of a sudden now hmm. it's kind of neutralized so then you're not as contagious.
3: That's good to know because I think more people would think the opposite. I know, right? Seeing the worst stuff,
2: right? (laughs) Yeah, it's gross. That's that's really good to know.
3: And when would we suspect an infection that needs to be treated?
1: Higher fevers is a big uh, clue. You get 106. Gosh, that scared me. I'd say the majority of the time it's viral. However, if it's an ear infection, clearly the body is not fighting it well. Mm-hmm. It's gotten deep. So at that point, it needs to be treated generally. Before that, they got some ear pain, you treat that. I don't worry so much about ears. If a cough is wet and they have a fever, definitely. If the cough is wet more than a week, you definitely want to kind of be looking at that. Kind of those warning signs I gave before are definitely the the ones where you got to say there's something deeper going on.
3: Panelists, what have you learned about that first cold now that you're on the other side of it?
4: Shayla? Uh Well, not to call the doctor and think it's whooping cough as soon as he starts coughing. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, uh, and uh, 99.9 is not a deadly fever. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yes. <laughs> and
4: um, just to, if he's not sleeping well, to let him sit up rather than lay down at night. Uh, that definitely helped him breathe through the night. So I think that was probably the biggest helper. <laughs> How about you, Ruthie?
0: Oh, I laugh. Um, <laughs> the older they get, the mu- the easier it is to deal with it. It's really that first like three or four months that's so scary because they don't breathe through their mouths, their yeah. Yeah. nose yeah. breathers. Yeah. Um, but once they start to kind of get that under control a little bit more, and they're designed that way so they don't Aspirate while breastfeeding, exactly, but, <laughs> which is also, also smart, also important. Um, but now it's just, I mean, I literally keep sailing on hand. I have a nose Frida. Um, I have Tylenol somewhere in the recesses of my fridge because we get ants. It's more like just make sure the kid has enough to eat and enough sleep. And we don't really we don't really treat it until it gets where their their fever is high or they're not sleeping or not eating or. Then then we deal with it. But the little babies, the big thing is, you know, hey, she's eating. As long as she's eating, she's not that unhappy. So right. Yeah.
3: Thank you so much, Dr. Z and our lovely panelists, for chatting with us today about cold, snot, and boogers. And for our newbies club members, our conversation will continue after the end of this show, when Dr. Z will offer some tips about ways to keep your new baby healthy during cold and flu season. For more information about the Newbies Club, please visit our website at newmommymedia.com.
2: All right, it's time for our Baby Oops segment where you guys send us your funny stories of things that have happened between you and your baby for this first year. So this one comes from Marissa. Marissa writes... After we got our daughter home from the hospital, I was very tired, trying to entertain our four-year-old son and make sure he didn't feel left out. So when I went to bed that night, I was really tired, but my daughter wanted to eat. I set up some pillows and my bobby and sat down on the bed to nurse her. I must have fallen asleep because I woke up to my husband laughing in the doorway. I was sitting there with my boobs hanging out, and my daughter was sprawled out on her back across the bobby with milk drooling down her cheek. My husband said he thought he was looking at an Amazon tribe just looking at us. Not so sexy. (laughs) All right, Marissa. Thanks so much for sending this in. I have been there. I have done that. For some reason, when I breastfeed, I get sleepy, right? And you're already sleep deprived. So I've been there, mama. I've been there. All right. If you guys have a funny baby oops story you want to share with our audience, we would love to hear it. You can send us an email through our website at newmommymedia.com or a new way you can send us actually a voicemail straight through our website so head on over to newmommymedia.com for more information that wraps up our show for today we appreciate you listening to newbies
3: don't forget to check out our sister show pranky pals for expecting parents parent savers for moms and dads with infants and toddlers the Boop group for moms who breastfeed and twin talks for parents of multiples thanks for listening to newbies your go-to source for new moms and new babies this has been a new mommy media production and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the
2: health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. How would you like to have your own show on the New Mommy Media Network? We're expanding our lineup and looking for great content. If you're a business or organization interested in learning more about our co-branded podcasts, visit our website at newmommymedia.com. Hey, mamas.